And one of the things we talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at the University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud. All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. You guys can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you guys can get a podcast. Drop us a five-star review, because uh, it makes it easier to find, and if you're listening for the first time, hit the subscribe button. Anyways, I'm your host, Kamem Rabian, joined by my co-host, Stephen Brown. It's been a long time since we've actually recorded a podcast. You've just been, uh, well, what do you what have you been up to? I've been all over the place. I've I've hit that uh, one of those waves of everybody getting engaged, mm. like all my friend group getting engaged, and uh, I have to go to all their engagement parties. When are you going to get engaged? Not anytime soon, that's for sure. Are there no uh, ladies in your life, Stephen? Uh, nothing of interest. Nothing of interest. That's fair. That's fair. You know. You know, you just gotta get, you just gotta give it time, man. You know, yeah. You know, I, I me and my fiance have been together for like a million years, and uh, <laughs> and we're, we're supposed supposed to get married in, Ju- in June. We were supposed to get married last June, but then you know, of course, COVID got worse and just kept on getting worse. But um, we're to the point because I'm almost thirty, uh, and she's in her, she's still in her twenties. But we're to the point where all of our friends are already married um, and then have are now having kids. And we oh, haven't God. Even, yeah, yeah, I know. And we haven't even like, you know, actually had a wedding yet. So that's fun. Like we have we have dogs. So just behave, behave dogs now. are pretty much the same thing. But right. I, and I can just like give it food in a bowl and water in a bowl and it knows what to do. I don't have to teach it. <laughs> don't have to teach it to talk, walk. What else yeah. do they do? Um, they uh, guard your house. They can bark at things. That's true. And you'll see a baby barking at things. Well, I guess kind of no, can't bark at things. But yeah, I've been doing the engagement thing, and then you've been sick for yeah. like it feels like two weeks, dude. Like serious. Like I, it was two weeks ago because Martin Luther King Jr. Day was on a, on that Monday, and then I went to um, I went to the doctor on Tuesday, sorry, I got a message. I was just randomly cool. And after Tuesday, my stomach was like, like, you know, like at the end of, let's say the, the end of OU Texas this past year with like the overtimes, how most people's stomachs were like, just in complete knots. Right. My stomach felt like that for like three days straight. And I didn't know if I should go to like the emergency room or what. And then eventually it just started kind of get a little bit better. And, uh, I'm dealing, I don't know. They, they gave me some medicine. The doctor gave me some medicine to make me feel a little better. But uh, yeah, it, it sucks. Like I'm, a, I'm way better now than I was like two weeks ago, but Holy crap. It was, well, that's good. it was, it was awful. And I had two COVID tests. The, uh, they weren't, and they weren't like saliva ones. They're the ones that they reach your brain. Um, so they, those are both negative. So that's, that's always, it was always fun. You know, it's always, it's always super fun. And a lot of things have happened since then. Like, you know, the university of Tennessee just, getting railed by OU and the NCAA. <laughs> and so, I mean, you know, start off with that one. You, you can't talk an insane amount of shit in like March when no football's even played. And like, you know, with a stupid tweet with the sooner schooner flying over and they're like, Oh, what Oklahoma's rated 42, you know, recruiting class in the nation. And before the season even starts. And then, then 
Tennessee goes on to have that season after like bragging about how they rattled off like six straight wins against sub 500 opponents. And um, so, you know, they, they, their program was awful this year. Their coach got fired. They hired Josh Heupel, which I think a lot of us would suggest are uh, maybe not the best. And Oklahoma started taking their players. Taking quite a few of their players. And it's, it's not even guys that are like, you know, a uh, 2021 guy that has, has, you know, maybe trying to get out of a letter of intent. These are like starters. Yeah, like legit dudes. <laughs> like, like, I'm like Key Lawrence. I mean, you're looking at guys that have played a lot of football and at a high level. From what I read, it said Oklahoma just secured Tennessee's best picks or best, best picks, best recruits from like the 2020 and 2019 class <laughs> from Tennessee. Uh, I know Wanya Morris was a former uh, freshman All-American in the SEC. And uh, they, have, they already have three in Norman, but it looks pretty likely that uh, Big Cat may make his way down there too. Does that sound right? Does Big Cat really count as a Tennessee guy, though, if he never even signed? Yes, it does. Okay. It's, it's more like Auburn, but, you know, nah. maybe maybe he did get one of those little uh, Happy Meals. See, man. How it's stupid. just a poor way of putting out money. How think of the last podcast we talked about, we like it's so easy to cheat. It is it, it, like, like, dude, I don't get it. Like, there are ways to cheat. And like for anybody that thinks Oklahoma isn't cheating or Oklahoma isn't doing its part in like securing recruits with bagmen, they're like they're lying to themselves because Clemson has a lot of new money. Alabama has a lot of old money. Uh, and I mean, OU, like they're just becoming hot again with Lincoln Riley. Once, you know, Bob Stoops decided to like, I don't know, like leave that. That was, that was good for the program. <laughs> you didn't and, want to recruit anymore. Yeah. Gosh, Bob didn't recruit after 2009, but it's just, it's interesting that like, I don't know, Tennessee, just so blatantly. Like, how does that, what is that conversation like? Are they like, do they go to like the university center and before they leave, they're like, somebody's like, oh, don't forget your McDonald's and like with a big wink. Like, <laughs> like I didn't order McDonald's. Well, yeah. It's, what's in here? Oh, it's a Big Mac. No. It's like, what, what is going is there on? Lettuce on this? Like, you know, give give them a cookie cake and a charger like OU. Like, don't what what is this Big Mac? Yeah, you got to bake the money into the cake. God, this isn't this is prison rules. Is that what Tennessee is? <laughs> it's like I don't even know. I mean, I mean, if you look at Tennessee, their crowd, their fan base is pretty demanding, and kind of I mean, in, in a lot of ways, unrealistic in the same way as like Texas A and M. So there's a lot of pressure for them to succeed. They're still like SEC. living off the former Peyton Manning years. It's weird. Yeah. And I mean, he bought them a pretty good facility, a Peyton like, Manning facility. So, that's... so weird. So weird. But yeah, the McDonald's bags, like, dang, that's yeah, terrible. Get gift cards. And you think, you think Josh Heupel at Tennessee is going to not be very good? No, I don't think. I mean, it's set up against him as far as getting the talent he would need to compete at a high level in the SEC already. Um, especially with the impending whatever the NCAA tries to do there. Um, it's going to be tough for him to recruit, especially when you look at Alabama just getting kind of whoever they want. That's your main 
main uh, competitor, but Ole Miss seems to be doing well. Florida's doing well. Yes. There's a lot of other programs on the up and up, whereas Tennessee's going to have to fight those uh, those NCAA probation years. I uh, So I know people that played uh, under Josh Heupel, and um, they, uh, they, they asked me what I thought about the hire, and I was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, Heupel kind of – he did his thing at, you know, UCF and, you know, he was kind of gifted that team. I felt like, and, and then this guy that I know that played under Heupel was like, I think it's going to be a shit show. He said, uh, and I was, and I asked him, I was like, what are you, what are your thoughts on Heupel? And he said that he was an arrogant asshole and that he, uh, he also liked to ride the white pony. If you understand what I'm saying, God. That's not just powdered sugar on them donuts. Is this a uh, is this an official report? We're gonna put this out on the website. Yeah, so we're gonna put it on the website. But uh, I, he doesn't. See, he seems pretty laid back. Yeah, he seemed really chill. Maybe we just don't see him without a camera. That's true. I mean, like different kind we, of dude. I wonder, like, there's a there's the off chance during that Halloween practice that he just showed up to practice in what he normally does instead oh, of from the night before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh because man. He's wearing that Batman outfit. And so like, that's probably just what he wore to, to practice. If we're being honest, and he's like just conveniently <laughs> it was Halloween. No, I think, uh, I don't think Tennessee is going to be around for at least 10 years. That's how far back this is going to set him. Yeah, it's going to be. I mean, like, when's the last time they were relevant? The mid-90s, the late 90s, I suppose, when they won that title? Yeah, I mean, they kind of had, like, the Josh Dobbs years with Alvin Kamara, and everyone's like, oh, they're recruiting at a high level. They're about to take over Alabama. Nope. Never happens. Never, ever happens. Trevor Knight beat them. Yeah, Trevor Knight did beat them. And Norman, and then Baker the next year. That was a fun year. But, uh, goodness gracious. So, like, we talked about this before or after the Florida game, and we put the over-under on transfer portals because we are like, man, Oklahoma's not getting any commitments um, for the guys they really thought they would get down the down the, the line, like Tristan Lee, Bryce Foster, Kamar Wheaton, who is, like, still, <laughs> like, having this weird saga, but I don't expect him to go to OU. I think that's – I don't think anybody should really be expecting him to go to OU. And uh, just just a lot of dudes that you thought may have been in the fold row you that just never materialized. So we said over under three and a half players coming from the portal and heck like what right now, I think there's five portaled into OU and then with big cat, maybe six. And like, so if, if we looked at all of these guys, you know, Wanya Morris, Eric Gray, uh, Key Lawrence, Robert Congle, Micah Bowens and big cat Bryant, um, who is the biggest one there to you? Oh, it's obviously Wanya Morris, the former former five star offensive tackle, um, rangy guy. I mean, I think it's a guy that when you look at all uh, like Stacy Wilkins, Wilkins, for example, everyone's like, oh, this guy could be really, really good if he puts it together. Wanya Morris is even closer than what Wilkins is, um, which is why he's so, rated so highly. Um, he's he's an immediate plug and play guy. Um, probably if he continues to develop, you're looking at like an early round, second round, first round guy, um, potentially. So that one year Morris, absolutely. That was the, the big transfer and everything else. I mean, it's kind of like sprinkled on, I think safety, they would have done okay. 
uh, running back, they would have done okay, but they needed an offensive tackle, and, and Wanya Morris was a big one. See, I might think, and maybe I'm valuing this talent too much, <clears throat> I think Key Lawrence is a big addition, especially if he ends up overtaking Pat Fields in that safety spot. Like he, I think he'll play safety, right? And yeah. I think he he's like he was one of the Tennessee's best recruits over the last year. And he could, play, uh, he could probably play towards the line of scrimmage as well. Yeah, like a nickel. He's and, and I, think, I think he could. I think he could have a lot uh, a, a big impact. Do you do you see Wanya Morris playing left or right tackle? I would bet he would play left. I think that's where he's suited for best. Uh, he did play left all, all his freshman year at Tennessee. Yeah, I think. I mean, you look at right tackle um you know they kind of have a need there but anton harrison could probably fill in there and then you know you put one e morris on the left tackle ahead of swenson ideally so i'm not surprised by eric gray and i think oklahoma's getting a pretty dynamic athlete in him i think key lawrence is a great pickup yeah micah bowens tell me if this sounds right micah bowens was not going to start for penn state as a sophomore or as I guess another freshman because of that year of eligibility, Oklahoma just lost two quarterbacks to the transfer portal. Lincoln Riley talks to Micah Bowens and is like, listen, come be at OU and practice with us and learn how to be a better quarterback. And in two years you can transfer down the line. Do you think it's like a mutual business decision for both parties? Um. I don't know if it's phrased that way. I think, you know, worst case scenario, you could transfer out because you're going to have value to your name um, playing under, under Lincoln Riley, but he's, he's a guy, I guess that thinks he can come in and compete right away. Um, obviously Spencer Rattler is not going to be overtaken, but when you, you know, he leaves and it's Caleb Williams and Micah Bowens, they might actually have finally a quarterback battle there. Micah Bowens. I, I saw, I looked at some of his highlights and looked at his huddle stuff and he looks like he has a pretty heavy arm. Uh, it doesn't look too accurate, but like in the open field, he's pretty like, he's pretty dynamic. I've pretty never good, pretty good athlete. Oklahoma um, hasn't had a quarterback like that. Tune the arm in a That's little bit. Kyler Murray, but, uh, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but Bowens, he has a lot more shake than Murray had. Murray had speed and he had some shake, but Bowens has a lot of shake and not as much speed. If that makes sense. He's a better lateral athlete yeah. than, than Kyler Murray was. Like Kyler Murray just he basically didn't need to because he outran everybody. And so I feel like that Congo guy out of Arizona. I feel that's I feel a depth like guy. That's just a depth guy. And let's say Big Cat Bryant makes it into OU. Is he quality depth, or does he eventually find himself starting? I think there's some situations where he would start. Um, depending on kind of what offense you're going up against. But at the same time, you have plenty of guys that um, are probably going to get the nod ahead of them just because of experience. And we've seen um, how Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley kind of lean towards guys that have, you know, have enough playing time at least early on and then let those inexperienced guys, those newer guys kind of mm-hmm. find their role behind them. Like, and I didn't know why I I totally just like dismissed this. I didn't realize for some reason that LaRon Stokes was coming back next season. I thought he was gone. I thought he was he a announced, senior. Uh, was it last week? Something I like guess that. I totally missed it. Yeah, because everybody gets a, an extra year of eligibility no matter what, what year you are. So it's a yeah. free year. So that's one of those things where he kind of benefits from the pandemic in a way. And so like Oklahoma, I mean, like goodness that defensive line could be very stupid to play with. Like 
that should be the best defense Oklahoma has since when? Like, you have depth in a lot of places. Like, you have depth in the defensive line. You have depth in the linebacker room. Uh, you're getting talent and more depth and length in the defensive back room. Like that, that do you feel like that defense should be dominant? Because I, I think I think Big Cat, if he makes it to OU or if and when he makes it to OU, is going to be a stupid tandem with Jalen Redmond, and then you already right. have Perry and Winfrey and Nick Benito on the other damn side of the on the other side of the center, and then you got like, Isaiah Thomas um, returning as well. I think uh, yeah. Marcus Stripling kind of looked like a guy that could really mm-hmm. find a role for himself this season. So. I think Clayton Smith's going to find himself. Clayton uh, Smith jumping up the depth chart sooner. He's probably a later. four game, four game guy. Yeah, I got to see him the other day and he's, he's got some ways to go in the locker or the, the weight room. So. Yeah, definitely. Because and I, and I like, uh, Oh, what's his face from Bishop McGinnis. Why is his name escaping me right now? The other rush edge. Yes. Uh, uh Bishop McGinnis guy. Goodness. Anyways, I like what he has. Uh, I like what he brings to the game. <sighs> I, I wish John Michael Terry was still there. He was really good at the rush edge uh, spot. And he's too um, good to be depth, though. So I mean, it's good for him to kind of be in this, his homegrown area. Yeah, and probably be the the starter right away. But man, you, Oklahoma's really is developing a lot of depth, and at some points you could just run a natural forefront and have two. Oh, you're talking about Brandon Walker. Yeah, Brandon Walker. Yeah. He's got a quick first step, and you know, gosh, the defense can be really, really special. And like I. I saw a tweet from uh, Isaiah Thomas just the other day. He's a control what you can control. And like, meanwhile, that's when all the big cat to OU stuff really started right. to become a lot of a big, a big thing. So sounds like the message was conveyed there. And so, I mean, you think Eric Gray, like Eric Gray was going to get touches. He's very good in the past game. How do you see him splitting carries with Kennedy Brooks? What percentage or ratio would you go there? Oh, I bet it's 50 50. Eric Gray is so? a pretty good running back. Um, so I like, wasn't really sold on him right away. But so, for like Sooner folks, who, who, is a, who is a good comparison to Eric Gray? So, Eric Oklahoma, Gray. Fans, Oklahoma fans can I'm really not sure if they it. have one because he's not very big. He's under like, he's like a 5'9, 5'10. Five, 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 His lateral ability and flexibility is insane. He I like yeah uh, his 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 top end speed isn't the best, but the again his 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 ability to catch and then make people pay in the open field is pretty incredible. And a better Abdul Adams. Yeah, like would you say that he's a way frame? I'm way more dynamic Abdul Adams or 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 Pledger. Oh, he's way more dynamic by far. Like um, especially just creating space for himself and at the second level. Like he's not big, but he he runs like he's big. He packs a lot of punch. He runs aggressively. Maybe like a and, better TJ Pledger. Yeah, you're upgrading TJ Pledger, I guess, since he's transferring out. You're souping him up. Where did Pledger end up end up getting a scholarship at Utah? I think it was Utah. Yeah, I believe. And, goodness, I I think it's going to be like sixty forty. Kennedy Brooks, but the offense. We'll see how good Brooks good. is coming out because he hasn't played football in a whole year. Well, maybe he's got a lot of rest on his body, like Ricky Williams when he was. <laughs> remember when Ricky Williams took like the year off and smoked weed, and oh, well, then I mean, that's been and then he came back to the NFL and like killed the NFL because he was so well rested. You think that's a Kennedy Brooks thing too? It's possible, especially in the Lincoln Riley offense. I think he's apparently been working out. 
pretty hard with a team. Yeah, I bet. And like, I'm going to be very upset next year if they don't use Mikey Henderson enough. Like he is too dynamic of an athlete and playmaker for him not to be on the field a lot. And like, I guess, you know, it's a good, it's a good issue to have that you have a lot of guys in depth, like Jeremiah Hall, Braden Willis, Mikey Henderson, you can play him at running back. You can play him at fullback, H back, you slot, wherever you want to really play him. Cause he's just so long and athletic. It, it would be a shame if he didn't play a ton of snaps, but tell me about 2022 athlete, Relic Brown, uh, running back, defensive back. What's what, what what's going on here? Uh, he's labeled as a running back. You could probably just label him as an athlete as far as what he would do for Oklahoma. Um, I think he d- would play some just true running back, but he's also a really good receiver. Um, kind of in the same way, um, not stature wise to Joe Mixon, but what he can do as far as being a versatile athlete. So you can you can play him in the backfield, motion him out, that kind of stuff. So. Um, I would say he's an athlete just because he's that tweener position, that kind of like Percy Harvin almost. Percy uh, Harvin's an evil name. Yeah, you don't want to hear about Percy Harvin at the college mm. level. So, um, But at the same time, that should get you excited as far as what he can do at the next level. Um, he's not a big guy. I think he's like 5'9", something like that. But um, very dynamic athlete, top-end speed, lateral ability, it's all there. Um, so that would be a huge, huge gift for Oklahoma. Yeah. Can't wait for Oklahoma to have him in the bag, and then <laughs> Alabama just Alabama comes in. comes in and swoops him up at the last second. That'd it's December fourteenth, and that's gonna be great. Nick Saban's on the phone. Yep. No, but uh, as far as just running back talent, you look at kind of the running backs since Mixon. Um, he's up there closer to Mixon than he is than than anybody else. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, really, Browns is a, a big talent, and I mean goodness Oklahoma they've been really needing some talent from their running back position because the last couple of recruiting classes haven't necessarily been fruitful right they're good I mean they're good to great running backs but you look as far as tiers you put mix in in more of like an Adrian Peterson DeMarco Murray category as far as what he could do on the field um, and then everybody else is a tier below I think Relique Brown is right there in the middle between one and two um, if he kind of develops into the, his body the way we think. For some reason, the Joe Mixon uh, video popped up on my feed the other day. Like, Which I don't know why. The Picklemans? Yeah. God. I forgot how bad that was. And like now seeing it now, because that, that all went down like 2014 or 2015. Which one was it? Would have been summer 14. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Like all, June, like, July. Yeah, yeah, sounds right. But uh, I saw the video and like now, and I'm thinking, holy crap! How did like Bob Stoops and them let him play after that? Uh, I mean, it's the same thing for everybody. Like if you if you kick him off your campus, he's just gonna find another top end school to go to. So I was so like after I saw it again, I was like, oh my goodness! Like because as a as a kid, like how many years ago? We didn't see the video. I just remember Hoover and those dudes tweeting out like, wow, the that's video terrible. Like two years after? Yeah. Or a year after or something like it, that? It was like, it was like two years after because uh, he had to make a statement and Bob Stoops had to make a statement about it and all that stuff. It was wild. And, I don't uh, think Lincoln Riley probably would have let him stay. But Bob Stoops, I mean, to his credit, it worked out. He hasn't had any incidents since, so. 
Yeah, Bob Stoops is also the same guy that told Mixon that he told Mixon that he was gonna go to the NFL draft after that Sugar Bowl, despite <laughs> despite like them if they had Mixon in that 2017 team, they would have won the national title. Uh, yeah, you would have been pretty close. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, Rodney Anderson's a great back, but I mean, he's no Joe, he's no Joe Mixon. Um. Gosh, I there's there's so much that we haven't talked about. Like Jay Bulware getting drug on Twitter by several <laughs> OU athletes. Like Baker himself. He was like, thanks for uh because Bulware was like, thanks for pointing out other good running backs I, I I coached. And they're like the and Baker was like they he they came to OU in spite of you. And we all everybody knows Kale like recruited the backs. Like, holy crap. Cause Bulware's big claim to fame was he had Southeast connections, which is how they got Trey Sermon. And then, so I wonder how that yeah. kind of just went to chaos once uh, Trey Sermon arrived. Gosh. That's terrible. I remember, they, they hired Bulware from Auburn. Yep. As a, I think it's special teams and then moved yeah, him to running backs because he had the, the connections in the Southeast. That was going to be their guy. And uh, apparently not as cool of a person as it seemed like. Do you feel like that because a lot of the reaction when Bowler was hired in comparison to, you know, ha- having Kale as the backs coach for the longest time, you know, Kale's like uh, inside receivers now. But do you feel like because the reaction at the time to Kale moving from running backs inside receivers and then Bowler going to running backs was um, you're going to really be missing a lot of stuff with with kale not being the running backs coach and you're going to be missing a lot of stuff with kale not recruiting the running backs uh and the, the reaction at the time was it's oklahoma they always have good running backs but now looking at it with hindsight was you would you like think that it was a big deal to oklahoma's staff that they moved kale to inside receivers coach and like recruiting them or no I think they were kind of blinded by their previous success in the, in the previous decade as far as just having, you know, high-end backs like Adrian Peterson, DeMarco Murray. They recruited uh, Jeremy Calhoun. Was, it was a big name, which obviously that didn't work out. So Right. Um, Brandon Williams. These, yeah. Brandon Williams, another five-star guy. So I think they kind of banked on, you know, all these elite running backs or at least elite prospects coming into Oklahoma because that's just what they do. Yeah, and like it, it really hasn't happened. I mean, I mean, like wh- who else? Brennan Clay's another one. Yeah, gosh, man, that's. Which I think good. he was a four star. I don't think he was. Brennan Clay was a four star. Yeah, he's a four star. Yeah. But like, there have been lots of four stars that haven't ever lived up to their potential. Roy and, Finch. I like I love Roy Finch, but he could not pass block <laughs> to save his life. I mean, he's and, like you know, five seven. Yeah, he's just a, little, it's a tough ask little guy in the backfield, but you know, low man always wins, so he should always won those battles. But, <laughs> I don't know uh, if that that always works out. Yeah, probably not. But like, it's just so obvious. Like Kale, like he got he re- didn't Kale recruit Joe Mixon and then and Samashi Pirine, and then since yes. then you haven't had since then you haven't had like a legit back. I mean, like Rodney Anderson too. But since then, I think. Who 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 did Jay Bulware get on the campus? So Kale would have ended with like Keith Ford, Samaj P. Ryan, Joe Mixon, and then after that year, I think he may have recruited Rodney Anderson. So. And then you move over to the Bulware years, where it goes Abdul Adams, uh, T.J. Pledger, 
uh, Trey Sermon, and then Kennedy Brooks. I mean, talk about a step down. Something like that. So, yeah, I mean, those backs are a notch below. I think Kennedy Brooks is still – you wouldn't argue that he's a bad starter. No, I, I agree. But he doesn't really change a lot for you. I mean, and if – I mean, heck, do you think it's safe to say or do you think it's just a, it's a player issue? Do you think it's safe to say that if Kale was recruiting Jason McClellan or Kamar Wheaton uh, and not whoever else, like Marco <laughs> Murray, that they get those guys signed? I don't know about Kamar Wheaton. That just seems like a very yeah. What is that like? What is that situation, situation to be a part of? <laughs> it, like, some people are saying that he and OU are talking again. Um, is, that, is that true? I don't know if that's true because he wasn't talking to anybody. So why would he just suddenly start talking? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe his phone was broke. Who knows? It's not that expensive to get your phone fixed. Yeah, or to like get a Twitter profile on the internet. It's true. Oh, or get an true. email. Some, there's a lot of you know ways to communicate. Yeah, if you're but his email Xbox, so. or lack thereof. <laughs> but uh, well, I we're think gonna go. uh, in the in in McClellan's instance, I think they would have landed McClellan. 100%. I think so too. I think so too. So Oklahoma, they are always gonna have like above average backs, but I mean, in realistically, with a team moving forward, you don't necessarily need a dynamic running back. Uh, like a Joe Mixon. You don't need guys that are like going to just like kill in the league, but you do need dudes that are athletic and serviceable. And I think Kennedy, Kennedy Brooks feels like the opposite of athletic. Um, he's just like this big Mac truck that has like, yeah, he's not a Ferrari. He has like three gears, but he's really good. <laughs> he's really good um, off the tackles and he's really good after contact. Uh, like the first guy usually never takes him down. And but that's why you also have Eric Gray, and this guy is kind of a water bug, agility guy. He's not very straight line speed, but he is very quick, and uh, he has a lot of juice. And so I'm very curious to see how all that works out for them next season, I guess, this year. But uh, we're going to go to a break for our sponsors. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit more next season, um, a little bit of basketball stuff, Tom Herman, Mike Stoops, just a bunch of funny things happening on with them but we'll check you guys in a second. All right. So Oklahoma has a lot of dudes returning next year. I mean, just you name it on on the offensive side of the ball. uh, Besides Ramondre Stevenson, who I know is a big name, but you get Kennedy Brooks and then Eric Gray. So it doesn't seem like life is too awful. Uh, Other than that, you're, you're, you're missing Creed Humphrey who's a center, but then possibly replacing him with Chris Murray, who is a UCLA transfer, a former uh, all American. And then you get a Wanya Morris and the offense looks like it's going to have a fine year. And you get defense with, you're starting to stack up legitimate defensive depth. You get a couple of guys back from injury. Caleb Kelly will see if he's going to be a mentor or a coach on the field or if he actually gets playing time, which I think he will. Shane Witter, I think, will get playing time. Deshaun White obviously gets playing time. David Aguebu will get playing time. Brian Asamoa, like, yeah, it's, it seems like, you know, like if Caleb Kelly's even been close to losing a step, I don't know if he actually sees the field. And then in the defensive backfield with the defensive backs, they are developing more length. Uh, they're getting heavier, literally getting heavier. Uh, Justin Harrington, if he starts with the defensive backs, is going to be like two over 200 pounds. 
and you're getting depth over at every position. And so with all these dudes returning, uh, don't does this not feel like it certainly sets it sets up the prospects for a title run next year? And my like kind of like my addition to that question is, I mean, what really is the goal of the team next year? Because I think I feel like Oklahoma definitely needs to be in the national title game. Um, but that's kind of my goal for them. That's that that's what I would say. But I don't know. What do you think? I think when you're looking at ahead of the season, we've seen it for a couple months now that Oklahoma is going to have a lot of resources across the board, um, not necessarily just on the offense that they haven't had in previous years, especially when they're in the playoffs. So um, expectation for this team, would, I mean, you have to, at bare minimum is you have to make it in those playoffs. You have to win the Big 12 and then get into that, that 14 playoff. Um, but ideally, I mean, you're looking at a team that has their best chances as far as, there's not a lot of big names returning in college football, especially at the quarterback position, um, that they can kind of be that one team that has that that elite quarterback going into the season. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they definitely need to be in, in the playoffs. I, I feel like they, like, with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, all those dudes graduating, you know, not necessarily all graduating, but going to the NFL – and then Spencer Rattler returns with all of his wide receivers, a uh, sturdy offensive line, two great running backs, and Alex Grinch with that defense. I feel like, you know, the goal has to be like national title game or bust. And I don't know about like getting that eighth. I mean, I think they'll be talented enough to get that eighth, especially with the depth they're developing. But I mean, the goal needs to be at least to make it into the title game for me. Uh, I think they'll be talented enough. I think Spencer Rattler is going to, you know, be really, really good next year. And I think we'll see Caleb Kelly, not Caleb Kelly, uh, Caleb Williams in his fair share of games. I think we'll see Caleb Kelly in fair share of games, but I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting to say the least. I mean, I'm, I, I'm really curious to see the spring and summer and, you know, where position battles end up going. If Justin Harrington stays at cornerback or if he goes to nickel or just safety over the top or, if, if, if Buki stick, it feels like Buki's sticking around OU, right? Um, despite all the message board rumors, I think he's still on on the roster. Yeah, and he missed just, the the point where you can declare. Uh, yeah, NFL, it, so it, so it feels like he's definitely staying at OU. <laughs> um, and you you just look at, I'm I'm just curious to see where all these battles are going to take place on the defensive side of the ball, at linebacker in particular, uh, but and not just. And wide receivers and wide receivers in general too. offensive line where they have Anton Harrison. If they have Eric Swenson starting, I swear to God, uh, Wanya Morris out there. You have a lot <laughs> You're of good campaign players. outside the stadium. I, I will with the sign. Like, I don't know how does, especially when you add Stacy Wilkins, Wanya Morris and a year older of Anton Harrison back into the fold. Like how, how would, you can you don't see a way Eric Swenson starts, right? He likely doesn't start. But then again, I mean, we've we've been saying that all season, and somehow yeah. he continues to start. So I was surprised that Adrian Ely even went to the draft. That was a little bit surprising. He must have got some nice little compliments on his his draft grade. I hope he gets drafted. <laughs> he should. I don't think he's an early round guy, but no, he's not. He'll be late late round. That he's a pretty good value pick. So, uh, 
You watch any basketball lately, though? OU is number nine I've in the watched, country. Uh, almost zero college basketball. I've been watching them the last three, four games. Like, I mean, like in particular, super close, like with intent, because you know, every, a sooner every Sooners basketball team is really different. Some like are just really god awful. Some are really, really fun, like the Buddy years. And this team, like honestly. I've really paid attention to them this year. They've been really good, especially once they benched Brady Manic. And uh, like they're just fun to watch. They have like four or five ball handlers. Of course, they're playing right now to Texas Tech and Austin Reeves and Alondis Williams, too. They're like four or five ball handlers are out, and they're still hanging tough. And they're only down by four points in, in Lubbock with about nine minutes left. It's a fun team. I mean, in like March Madness is coming up and they're all just thinking about putting them all in these hotels in Indiana, Indianapolis or Terre Haute, wherever it's going to be. And just Indianapolis early isn't that fun in doing it. It's like in one big bubble. I think that's really cool. The bubble would be cool. Do it. Don't do it in Indianapolis. I thought it was in Indiana that because they want to keep everything in the same place. Maybe I, I wouldn't do it, though. Just do it on like Hawaii or something. Something cool. Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii does sound fun. But uh you think friend of the friend of the podcast, Brady Trantham, is pretty thrilled with uh, the mow the lawn hashtag at the moment. He's not a fan of he's not a fan of Lon Kruger. I know. He just gave us a review on the podcast and all it said was sex. But he doesn't know we're talking about Lon Kruger and at least talking about him in a in a good light. So yeah. that and- could change. I mean, but here's my deal with Lon because he's the kind of coach. He's not Kelvin Sampson. If, if Oklahoma still had Kelvin Sampson, despite all the recruiting violations, Oklahoma would be consistently a top 20 team um, in the NCAA. With Lon Kruger, you get a decent team usually year in and year out. That's like some teams will make you be really happy and like the buddy thing. Like they'll be a very well-coached team. Um, but they won't have superstars like he he a lot of times predicates his offenses off of just like attacking mismatches instead of just you know creating your own offense with pick and rolls and so you'll get a well-coached team you'll get a team usually most years that'll make into the tournament but not a team that's consistently ever a top 25 and like at Oklahoma I feel like with the money that like that the brand Oklahoma has they need to be better than what Long Kruger brings them and I mean like but I, I get what I get what people from the money side to say. He's a consistent coach that consistently takes his team to the tournament and all that jazz. And like, is that what Oklahoma ba- basketball? Is that what their standard is? Is that just consistently be good, but not in in like in occasionally be really good, but not ever great, not ever worthy of winning a title? Like, is that? Do you think that's the state of Oklahoma basketball? They don't seem that close to winning a title. Do you think they want to, or do you think they're cool with football just being like the king sport of the school? I think once the uh, remember the plans for yeah um, the new uh, the new stadium. I think once those kind of got called off, they're like, okay, maybe maybe people don't care about basketball as much in Oklahoma, especially with the Thunder downtown. I mean, yeah, and that's the thing: the Thunder coming to OKC really changed the landscape of big 12 basketball in Oklahoma. I mean, like Oklahoma state fans, kudos to them. I mean, their football team sucks. So they have to cheer for the basketball team, but like they really, really stick by their basketball team in Oklahoma. 
they've always just been a football school, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, they've had really good head coaches like Kelvin Sampson, who took them to the Final Four and a couple of Elite Eights. Uh, Long Kruger's taken this team to a couple of Sweet 16s and a Final Four, uh, and, and just got waxed by Villanova. Uh, Billy, Billy Ball, I mean, like Tubbs, like they played in for national titles. Like, so they've they've consistently been pretty good. Um, I think you have to get out of the Lloyd Noble Center to really push this program to wanting to win a championship. I agree. I agree. That thing's been there for too long. And like, nothing it's just has not happened. fun to watch on TV. Like, I'm pretty sure it's that's like so like, dark. I'm pretty sure that the Carl's Jr. ads are still in there somewhere in that arena. Like, that it just needs to be updated i mean it's not good like you might as well just go play in the castle and field house or something like where... i think that looks a lot better yeah be like cool. it would better be better atmosphere yes i don't know why they don't do that already but like at least long krueger is putting a winning product on the floor like do i expect long krueger to ever be the type of coach who wins the national title ou no uh, do I expect Oklahoma to win a national title in basketball that often? Not at all, uh, if any. Like they've got, clo- they've gotten close a couple times. Um, but like the real criminal is Sherry Cole. <laughs> <laughs> what transition? Like, how is she getting paid? You know, she gets paid more than Patty Gasso. Really? Yes. Really? Yeah, yeah she's a crook, right? God. Stealing Let's money. Check this out. <laughs> Stealing Sherry money. I I Cole. saw her. She had her she had her hands in uh in the in the bank the other day, just pulling out hundred dollar bills. Just right out of Joe Castiglione's pocket. Yeah, and she wasn't giving them to recruits though, because they're <laughs> awful. She makes Not about two hundred thousand more. Jeez. Woo. Yeah, Patty Gasso gets paid less than Sherry Cole, and Sherry Cole hasn't been relevant in how many years? A decade? It's been 12, 13 years. Yeah, like, like over a decade. It's been way too long. And like Patty Gasso in the meantime has won like three national titles. Golly. Like, how the hell? I swear to God, if Sherry Cole ever gets a statue on campus, I'm going to knock it down. <laughs> you think they're going to have like a truck outside and just start ripping it down like Saddam's statue? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put ropes around it <laughs> and jump on it. Come on, man. Like, I, you know, like, I get it. I liked Sherry Cole in the early years, you know, because they were winning. And like she was like this popular coach. It was a good face for the program. Yeah, it was Team USA women's basketball she coached. And then like the rest of the Big 12 caught up. And now she's awful in comparison to like everybody. Like they're getting whipped by teams. Why would we talk about women's basketball? They're bad. It's a shame that Patty Gasso gets paid not very much in comparison to all that. Yeah, she's only making a one point, a little bit over 1.1 mil. Goodness gracious. That's terrible. Um, where does Tom Herman get hired? Probably Alabama. You think that's so? Where, that's where all the recovering coaches go. I feel like I'm he's... Bill O'Brien's there. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> that's, that's just weird. When I saw that, I didn't think it could be. Re- I didn't think it was real, and uh, it was. It turned out to be very real. It's like, are you like, why is this Nick Saban's coach rehab center? 
as soon as you get the the next statement stamp of approval after one or two seasons, I guess you're you're on the hot market. I mean, look at Tennessee. God, I sh- I feel like Herman ends up. You don't think he ends up as a head coach anyway, right? You think he ends up like no, I'm sure he's he, a coordinator. Do you think he takes the year off and does media and or something? Oh, he'd and then be so bad at media. Becomes an OC. Like who's who's currently looking for an offensive coordinator? Nick Saban needs his fourth offensive coordinator. Gosh, yeah, because Sarkeesian took like the entire staff. It would make sense. He's an analyst or whatever, and then he gets back into the game. But I don't know. There's not not many top programs looking for an offensive coordinator. Although Tom Herman was a pretty good one at Ohio State. He was. He was drinking uh, vodka with G2 well, Gatorade. G2 and vodka. Yeah. Talk about Urban Meyer like being the head coach of Jacksonville. You believe yeah, that? Maybe he just heads to Jacksonville. That's terrible. That's terrible, man. But the real question in all of this coaching hoopla could go to he could go to uh, Tennessee. He could go to Tennessee. A couple openings there too. I hear that's what I hear. Uh, what happened to Mike Stoops going to Texas and becoming a linebackers coach? In the donors of Texas throwing a fit at, to where they said never mind, and then he had to become the defensive coordinator at FAU. Is that still is that funny to you? It's a little funny just because that <laughs> the timing of that news, I think that came out at like ten o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So they kind of tried to sweep it under the rug, and uh, oh, everybody on Twitter just was just hammering Texas. I don't know if Twitter had anything to do with it. Yeah, but it seems like it kind of did because Texas was just getting they were losing their minds. Yeah, and I was thinking destroyed on Twitter. How I was just thinking how hilarious that was like because apparently he turned down other dc jobs before he was going to be a linebackers coach at texas like yeah i think murdoch said he uh north texas or something like that Yeah, north texas and like that would be a good gig for him especially with how good the mean green have been yeah and uh ends up uh so he's like oh sweet you're gonna be a linebackers coach and then steve sarkeesian has to get on the phone like well, I just got off the phone phone with the donors. Uh, it does kind of suck for for Mike at a personal level, just because you know he could have just stayed at Alabama. Yep. And probably gotten a job next season. Yeah. No, I but agree. now he's stuck at FIU for probably a couple seasons now, two or three. Yeah. Before man. he really gets a, a look anywhere else. You think he's going to be any good? Um, He could be. I don't know what the the culture at FIU is, but uh, is it FAU or FIU? I thought it was Florida International. Hmm. Maybe it's FAU. But uh, regardless, you know, Mike Stoops' biggest issue was being able to not really coach, but kind of connect to players. Mike's um, Mike's that was Mike Stoops. Mike Stoops. Tony what Jefferson has a difference of opinion. Tony Jefferson has a lot of opinions. A lot of them are pretty vocal on Twitter, but um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking about most recent. I mean, Tony Jefferson was what, 2010, 11, 12? Yeah. Something like that. They, yeah. We're talking about 2017. Mm-hmm. So a couple of years later, maybe Mike changes a little bit, but um, 
he's kind of got to find a way and maybe, you know, being under Nick Saban, he kind of figured that out because he's a, he's a decent coach, but he cannot get guys to go under whatever strategy he has. Yeah. He's a, I think he's a little bit washed for the spread. Like he's they great. He passed him by a little bit. He's great when he can play in a four, three or like a four, two, five with legitimate four linemen. But man, I, I, his, uh, the, remember when he put four down linemen and then seven defensive backs on the field? That was pretty rough. That's when Trying everybody, remember sh- that. that's when it, sh- that's when it should have ended. That's when it should have all ended. Was that, that the uh, Tavon Austin years? Yes, yes, it was. Oof. Very bad. That's when everybody should have said, "Well, yep, that's it, folks." Four. Course, did he do that against Baylor as well? I don't remember. I just remember though. He had the Baylor like ten yards off the ball, four plays in a row, and everyone's like, "Maybe you should move." The yeah, DBs the, up. the crowd booed. It was, it was, it was crap. Like the the the, the opening drive from Baylor in the second half was just like 10 yard out routes time after time after time. Like that, that should have also been the end. And, but instead it ended with the rumors of Curtis Bolton wanting to rip his head off in the locker room. Allegedly that never happened. Allegedly. No one walked out. Reminds me of a uh, varsity blues when a uh, coach uh, Kilmer chokes tweeter <laughs> or not of a John Mox and not tweeter. Tweeter's a good character. Have you seen Have you seen that movie, Varsity Blues? Varsity Blues. I haven't seen it in a while. I have seen it though. I recommend you watch it soon. It's fantastic. So we can find it on like HBO or Netflix or something. Yeah, or like our Prime, or Amazon Prime Video or something like that. It's a great movie, man. But uh, Super Bowl this weekend. I'm not going to Vegas, but my family is. Uh, hope they enjoy it out there. Uh, who do you, you got? Get a couple hundred. Oh, like I'm. I'm just, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna ask my dad like to throw down a few bets for me, like that one. <laughs> one year, one year we saw uh, and we met Charles Barkley. That and that was actually pretty cool. Seems uh, like a cool guy to meet. Oh yeah, he's 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 real chill. He's like, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> it's like and like just real <laughs> casual, you know. Uh, but uh, who you got for this game? I mean, clearly I'm the Chiefs go... are favored, but it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady's kind of got some witchcraft going. It's weird, right? I think. He's got some weird witchcraft going because somehow he makes it work. But you look at his workout videos, and he looks like a fifty-year-old dude because he, yeah. he almost is. He looks like a, he just looks like a white guy doing exercises like in the nineteen fifties. <laughs> he looks like he's trying to try out for a Peloton commercial. It's incredible. But uh, I'm gonna go Chiefs. I, I mean, I have to. I'm a big Tyron Matthew fan, mm. um, so I gotta stick with stick with my guy. I feel like the. Chiefs defense has actually gotten better over the last year and their offense is pretty much the same. Uh, and of course they don't have Damian Williams. Damian Williams is, is doing his own thing. Uh, I think he has family stuff. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you have uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilarious, okay. Hilaire, and then, then Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, Bell. <laughs> who is not as good as he ever used to be with Pittsburgh. But uh, yeah, I think you have to pick the Chiefs, right? I mean, you say we say you have to pick the Chiefs, but dang, it's Brady. It's hard to bet against Pat Mahomes, Gosh. unless his, his brain is just scrambled eggs. I'm very curious to see this game because I knew I, I I thought the Bucks would beat the Saints. I did not think the Bucks would take it to the Packers like they did. That yeah, real bad for, me. for Aaron. 
Because he, he was having a pretty good game, right, Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, yeah, he did. He had a really good game. But that defense was just bad. I kind of watched some of the defensive highlights, and I was like, golly, these, these DBs suck. They're not good. But, yeah, I'm going to go Chiefs. I don't know, maybe like by a touchdown, something like that. I don't think it's going to be too crazy. Man, I could I could see the Chiefs by like two touchdowns as much as I could see the Bucks by three just because of Brady and Gronkowski and all those other dudes. Like their their defense is good. Their defensive line stacked. Yeah, like, and like that that could give KC some problems. So I don't, I don't I don't know. We'll see. We will see. But I am I'm done talking. Do you have anything else? Um, uh, no. I mean, recruiting's going again, so that's cool. And it kind of looks like OU is going to finally um, get a commitment from someone that's not a transfer. So that's exciting. Big news for OU fans. Should be. Jack got engaged. So we didn't even mention yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Jack did get engaged to a woman. We were talking about engagement parties and Jack just. Yeah. Pops totally up on forgot. my Instagram timeline. Yeah. Totally forgot. I, I congratulated him twice. You know, him. Uh, I sent him, him a text. Him and his lady are, are very happy. They already have a dog child together. So, I mean, it's meant to be. I already know I'm getting Jack as a uh, a wedding gift. What is it? He won't listen to this podcast. It's going to be, uh, oh, what are those things? Those cotton candy grapes. Cotton candy grapes. I just got to time it right because I think those expire. Yeah. So I got to like maybe get them the day of or the day before. Where, where do you go get cotton candy grapes? That's the problem. I may have to order them like off Amazon. Like, do you think they would? They don't have. You don't think they would have cotton candy grapes at a Whole Foods, would they? Or like a Trader Joe's? Uh, maybe Trader Joe's. That seems like a Trader Joe's thing. I have to go to like North Side. You'd have to go to like North Side to get that, or you already kind of live up there. Yeah, is, what is Trader Joe's off Class and Curve or near that area? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's somewhere over there. That's kind of where I live. We have like, I don't know, how many Trader Joe's do you think are in Oklahoma? Like two? Uh, probably two. One here, one Tulsa. Something yeah, like sounds that. about right. Sounds about right. I will say I got an air fryer and that thing is insane. Oh my God. <laughs> Pizza rolls and Hot Pockets, dude. It'll change your life. Like I was going to eat healthy and I kind of still do because I've been going to the gym for like the first time in like a year. Nice. But the air fryer, it changes everything. Like, I want you to think about this, that if you ever let your Chick-fil-A fries or fries of any kind, if you ever let them go cold and they get soggy, or they don't really get soggy, but they, of course, get soft, you put those things back in the air fryer, and it's like they're new again. It's amazing. It's, it's a game changer. I mean, I did, I have been doing vegetables in there, and it's still pretty good. Just like raw vegetables and like, kind of like, like chars them a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty solid. So I'm watching. That's my this, big news. I'm watching this OU Texas Tech game, and uh, Harkless just took a massive fall to the floor. He's like got blood all over his face, and like <laughs> the entire team is like surrounding him. I don't know what's on going the broken on. Broken nose. The sound is like not on. It's on mute. But they just had to go to commercial. Like the, he clearly bleeding had from the mouth. Yeah, like he took a pretty hard fall. So. Oof. Hope he's okay. They're they're down by like four with like two minutes left. Should be a nice finish. So I'm gonna I'm I'm done talking. I'm done. What about you? I'm good. All right, man. Well, go follow everybody. 
follow yeah follow everybody on twitter <laughs> ever uh at cc machine at j larry shields at came robbie ccm at oyupdsp even alan kenny who also drops podcasts at blatant homerism homerism follow everybody ever um it's good times but be sure to if you're listening for the first time hit the subscribe subscribe button um and we'll check you guys later see ya